Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please be seated. Merry Christmas! The last day of Christmas. We've closed out with the last day of the Christmas season. Uh, We are moving out of the Christmas season and into the Epiphany season. Epiphany is a Greek word. It means to reveal or even to shine. Christmas itself is often referred to as a celebration of God's love for his people. And likewise, the visit of the Magi to the Christ child also reveals God's love But it reveals not just God's love for his own nation, for his own people, but also reveals the love of God for all people. Jesus came not just as a hero for Israel, but to be the Savior and the Savior of the world. That includes everybody from all nations, tribes, races, and colors. Matthew, in our story we just read, provides rich details concerning the Magi who had come from the east. They had seen his star. They followed it to Jesus, and then they worshipped him. These magi are considered to be wise men. And our text reveals where their wisdom comes from. It is the same wisdom that God gives unto us. This ability, through faith, to see and to follow and to worship. It is the same faith given unto us. You are wise men. For you see, follow, and worship. The Magi were possibly specialized in the studying of dreams. They may have also been specialists in the study of stars or or written material of the past. Most think that they probably came from Babylon. After all, Israel had just spent 70 years in exile in Babylon. And by the way, they left quite a colony back there. Not everybody went back with Ezra and Nehemiah to go back to rebuild the, the walls. Quite a few of them just stayed. They would have had an intimate knowledge of Balaam's prophecy from the book of Numbers when he spoke that there would be a star arise out of Jacob from Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. Furthermore, Babylon is where the the prophet uh, Daniel had lived and worked along with his wise fellow, his wise companions of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All four of them had counseled King Nebuchadnezzar and the other kings when Judah was captive there. I I, I rather imagine that during the Babylonian captivity, this this fervor about the rise of a Messiah would would have been at full height. It would have been something that people would have really paid attention to. Scripture would have been scoured. It would have been mined for clues and traits. It would have been discussed and and prayed upon. And that knowledge handed down, importance is noted within the text and within the society. It is absolutely, absolutely reliable and reasonable that wise men, having handed this information about this Messiah coming to the land of Judah, would have seen this star, and upon seeing that star in the east, would have followed it, and when they followed it, they would have arrived where God wanted them to be, and then worshipped their God and yours. And it's remarkable, if you think about it. It's truly remarkable. That the Magi would see and follow in order that they could worship, considering it was quite a trip. It was quite a haul, almost 900 miles maybe, 
It could have been as much as a thousand miles because they probably didn't come from Babylon to Jerusalem and cross the desert. They probably went up the Euphrates Valley and around the side, around the Fertile Crescent and down the King's Highway, averaging 15, 20 miles a day. It would have taken them better, better part of a year. And to do this on, on such thin evidence and at so much expense, And with so little to go on. Noah saw. Noah saw with the eyes of faith. And God told him what was coming. And he followed God's instruction. He built an ark. And it saved him and his family. And finally, he worshipped God standing upon dry ground. Abraham also saw and followed and worshipped. He saw that God was going to protect him and Sarah as they left his family and went to a new area that God would show them. They followed God's will for their life and they worshipped God when God had made a promise that that Abraham was going to be the father of many nations. You see, that's what faith does. Faith sees with the eyes of God. Faith follows God's direction. And faith worships God in truth and purity and hope. That is the same wisdom that the Lord God has given unto you, wise guys. I can never restrain myself from calling you wise guys, can I? It is the same. It's the faith of God given unto you. Sometimes you hear the phrase, seeing is believing. On account of this, eyewitnesses are so important in criminal investigations. They're just so, so valuable. It is perplexing to me. It is absolutely perplexing to me. That these chief priests, these teachers of the law, could not see the Messiah who is right in front of them. He is the very God-made flesh directly in front of them, and they cannot see because they cannot follow because they are unable and unwilling to worship. Even though Jesus comes from the Jews, the Jews would not have him. And even though the distance, the distance between Jerusalem And Bethlehem is minuscule. It's like 15 miles. It's it's nothing. In the the horse of of human endeavors, it's nothing to go from from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to see this great sight. The high priest send no delegation. King Herod sends no delegation. He simply says, he pats them on the head, so to speak. And he's like, well, go and search diligently for the child. And if you happen to find him, bring me word that I may slay him. I mean, worship him. But the high priests don't go. The Pharisees don't go. The Sadducees don't go. Nobody, nobody goes. I mean, the, the prophecy of Malachi is read to them in open court, in open session, with these men standing here going, where is he who is born king of the Jews? And they come up with the right answer. They're so close. They know exactly where he's supposed to be. Just go and look. Nobody goes. Nobody cares. Like, well, we know he's supposed to be in Bethlehem. We know that's what the prophecies say, but why did the Jews not see 
this Messiah. They had all the details. They had all the prophecies because of what Jesus said. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Sometimes people see. Sometimes people see. They see the word. They see the world. They see what's supposed to be going on. They just don't follow. And they never worship. Dear friends, we all see. We all have seen beautifully colored Bible stories. We all have numerous copies of the word of God within our own language, within our own houses. But how often do we open them? How often do we read them? How often do we study them? Do we really go to our Bible? Do we really go to our Bible when we're looking for advice for our quandary? Do we really go to the Word of God when we're looking for directions for our lives? Are we really looking to go for, for a, a peripateto as we, as we travel the road of our lives? Do we put aside everything else in our life so that the, the Word of God would have its way amongst us? Do you see? Do you see? Can you hear? Can you follow? Do you worship? Do you bring him your gifts? Do you do his will? Not always. Not always. I have one of the prettiest Bibles that I've ever seen in my home. It sits right in the middle of a great big table in the middle of my great room. It's inscribed to the wife of August Sufold. I know you don't know who he is. He's, he's the preeminent historian of a previous generation. Somebody gave this big, beautiful King James Bible to his wife as a thank you for something. She probably came and spoke. She Actually, she probably made August go and speak. And they gave her a big Bible. But it sits on that table, and it just it sits there. To my shame, it just sits there week after week after week after week. It's only one Bible, I know. We have 50 of them. I got like three when I graduated seminary. It was like, great, now that I've graduated seminary, somebody's like, here, have a Bible. I'm like, well, I had one of those, but thank you. Now we have a lot. My point is you see that faith is not just their problem, it's our problem as well. Because when it, the truth is we're just lazy. It's not that we're looking for other gods. It's not that we don't have time. It's not that we're not interested in the word of God. It's not that we've put it to side or we don't care. We're just lazy. We're just lackadaisical in our faith. Herod had no faith. I mean, Herod didn't care to see this Christ child. He, he didn't think he would see a Christ child. The only thing he was worried about is maybe a rival that might come to bug him someday. Many of the Jews had no faith either. They were just fearful that this Jesus was going to disrupt the cart. And he did. <laughs> they were concerned about that. But what rules your life? What rules your life? What's the most important thing? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it pain? Is it those grandkids? What gets you up in the morning? What gets you moving in the morning? What gets you excited in the morning? Why do you go? Why do you go? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Why do you go? Let us do everything to the glory of God. Let us put his word right before us at the beginning of our day. 
that we might hold on, that he might be the core of our lives. I got to tell you, God cares more about your life than you do. He knows more about you than you do. Oftentimes, I'd rather solve my own problems, to tell you the truth. I I would. I'd much rather prefer solving my own problems because the solutions I come up with in my life, they're usually really, really smart and they're really, really easy. And it doesn't really cause me a great deal of pain. And I don't have to change anything. I just go about my way and hope that I don't get in trouble. How often do you worship? How often do you go to the divine service? How often do you read your Bible? How often do you share your devotions with your family? How often do you just share that word of God? How often do you dive into your Bible to pull out that word, that God's word can dwell richly within you, that you can take that word out into the world, that you have that, you have that little treasure there to share with someone who asks of you. Sadly, within most of American Lutheranism, we're content to worship only once or twice a month. How idolatrous of us. Failing to love God above all things. How much time do we spend on learning the word of God? How much time goes by in between uh, dates with the body and blood of Jesus Christ given for the strengthening of our faith? Dear friends, trust in God's promises for you. He is always with you. He has always been with you. He is always going to be with you. Let your trouble go. Let your anxiety go. Let your fears step aside. Cast every care and every trouble upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He has done so before. He will do so before. He asks that you hear his word, see what he's doing in your life, and worship him above all things. This epiphany, wise men provide wisdom. They are provided that wisdom to see and to follow and to worship. And it's that same wisdom that God has installed upon you in your heart by the Holy Spirit, by virtue of your baptism. The star of God's word. Jesus Christ loves you. And he desires to see you and, and fill you. Jesus didn't come to overthrow Herod. Jesus doesn't come to rule as king. Jesus came to rule you. This is why these wise men brought him gifts. They believed that Jesus to be the best and the truest jewel, the most precious gift given by God to the people of the world. Jesus Christ, your pearl of great price. God's Christmas gift to you. You're beloved. You are beloved. After the wise men made it to Bethlehem, they knew that their journey was worth it. They saw with their own eyes the greatest gift God had given unto mankind, God's Son in the flesh. And even though your life's journey may feel long unto you, God brings new blessings to sustain you every single day. Someday you too, You too are promised to see Jesus face to face just as those wise men did. And until that day, God continued to give you the wisdom to see, to follow, to worship him. Jesus gives you all you need. The forgiveness of your sins, the peace with God, and his mighty salvation. May this peace that surpasses all human understanding, may it guard your hearts and minds as you see and follow and worship Christ our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.